Thank you for joining me today to hear about my caregiver journey for my mom. But before we begin, let's all give a shout out to my mother. Say happy birthday to her because today she turns the great big old 69. Woohoo! Her cash app is alls, A-L-Z for mom, just in case you want to give her a gift. Just kidding. Anyway, last season, I talked about my caregiver journey during this pandemic. As promised, I will talk about mom and her stages of dementia, Alzheimer's. First and foremost, this disease is called Alzheimer's, not Alzheimer's not old timers. It was named after the scientist that noticed changes in the brain tissue of a woman that died from an unusual mental illness. When I was scouting facilities to take care of my mom, I paid close attention to the staff. One thing I focused on was how they pronounced this disease. I felt that if they didn't take the time to learn about the disease and how to pronounce it, then they didn't care or are concerned on how this dis-ease will affect their residents. They wouldn't have an accurate understanding on how to handle my mom. It's dementia, not demented, not dermental, it's dementia. I work in investments. Will my clients have confidence in me if I couldn't pronounce stocks, bonds, ETFs, and mutual funds to them? I take care in learning my craft and I expect the same with my mom's caregivers. Now that my rant is over, let's focus on the matter at hand. According to the Alzheimer's Association, there are three stages of Alzheimer's. WebMD reports that there are seven stages. Today, I will discuss the first of the three stages explained from the Alzheimer's Association. Next episode, I will discuss the second of the three stages and so on and so forth. But don't worry, the stages defined by WebMD will be shared in a future episode. All in all, according to the Alzheimer's Association, alz.org, the three stages described are early stage, mid stage, and late stage. As you can tell, the early stage is where you can function on your own because the symptoms are mild. During the early stage, it's possible for people with dementia to take control of their health and focusing their energy on aspects of their life that are meaningful to them. This is a good opportunity to put legal, financial, and end-of-life plans in place. Fortunately for us, Mom told us about her end-of-life plans when I was in college. This was around the time that she started working the terminally ill unit at our local hospital. 
She also gave all three of her children health care power of attorney. Once mom was diagnosed, she granted me power of attorney to handle her finances. I also opened a checking account, adding my sister with us on said account. These actions made things easier for me when I petitioned the court to become her legal guardian. At this stage, mom was living in a family care home setting during the week and would go back to her apartment for the weekends. My sister that lived here with me in Charlotte would stay with her on the weekends. I would run errands for my mom and my sister at that time, and all of us would go out to eat, catch a movie, you know, do something fun. On occasion, Ma would spend the weekend with me in my house. The reason we did this was to make sure she was taking her medicine and someone was there to assist her with cooking. This also let her have some sense of normalcy where she didn't feel like she was uprooted from the life that she knew. When schedules and finances changed for my sister and I, mom moved in with me. I didn't think of anything was going to change until one morning I left to go to the gym. When I returned, she was sitting on my bed crying, saying that I left her. I hate seeing my mom cry and I saw the hurt in her eyes and I heard the sobbing. You know that kind of sobbing, the one that goes silent and then it hits that deep, deep bass. Then you hear that big hard breath only for her to do it all over again with the sobbing. At that point, I learned that I too will have to make some sacrifices. We conditioned mom that she will never be alone to the point that I didn't realize she would hear me sneaking out of the house. At that moment, I hugged mom, I calmed her down. I promised her that I would not leave her alone again. Wherever I go, she will go with me. I joked and sang the My Buddy song to her. I helped her get ready to go to work, which I called daycare. I missed those drives to the daycare on my way to work. We had some interesting conversations. Sometimes she would ask questions about family members and how she was related to them. And I joked about saying, ooh, I'm gonna learn some family secrets dealing with mom. She also talked about this disease. She talked about her feeling that something isn't quite right, like something is missing. We talked about those concerns. I didn't shrug it off. I allowed her to talk and I learned to listen. Now I will admit that when she asked me about my cousin that passed away, it hurt. I would tell her that he's not here. I would say maybe he's sleeping. But after she pressed me on the matter further, I finally broke down and told her that he was in heaven. She then started the grieving process. 
I learned that I didn't grieve my cousin properly, so we both grieved together. Even though mom was at the early stage of dementia, this helped me with grieving the loss of my cousin. Didn't know I didn't complete the grieving process or I didn't deal with it properly until she brought it up. I miss talking to my mom. Currently, I hate it when people talk to my mom like she's a baby. Yes, my mom gives limited conversations, but she is still there. She still understands. How do I know this? Because she gives you a look like you're an idiot and then laugh at you. Sometimes she ignores you completely. Sometimes she'll look at me and give me a look that says, who is this fool talking to? I'm telling you, I love my mom. She is a character. She is a hoot and a hanny. One thing that I've learned from this journey during the early phase is to create as many memories you can, record her voice, study her actions, make notes, because you're going to need those behavior patterns when you move on to the next stage. Which, by the way, I will discuss in episode two. Thank you for joining me today. Y'all have a good day and talk to you next week. If you have any questions, don't forget, I still have the Q&As. Just send an email to allsformom at gmail.com. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me with today's episode. Just as a quick recap, when your loved one has dementia and they're in the early stages, now is the time to go ahead and get their wishes known. Go ahead and start getting the legal proceeds in process. For example, get the power of attorney. Know their final wishes if they want to do not resuscitate order. Go ahead and as dark as it sounds, get the incapacitated papers, estate planning, make sure everything is covered. Discuss the hard things like, I know you say you don't want to be in a nursing home. How do you feel about an assisted living facility? Do you want to just go check out some just to so I can get an idea for when that time comes? And discuss when will that time come? Have a plan A, B, and C for your caregivers, meaning family members. Hey, can we just schedule ahead of time the second weekend of this month? I need you to take mom or dad, your loved one, whomever, just so I can have a respite. Or I want to take a week of vacation on my birthday week. Can you cover this for me? Or put money towards me getting someone to cover that. 
for a respite care. Yes, it may seem early, but you would want your loved one, in my case my mom, involved in the process from start to finish. You want to make sure you have her input while she can still talk and explain things. Most importantly, start recording her voice. Start taking videos of her dancing or doing her what is best in their element. You will need this in the future. Until next time, when I can discuss the second stage, have a great day. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to email alz4mom at gmail.com. Again, alz4mom at gmail.com.